We've been fighting a long time. We have all lost so very much. So many loved ones gone. But you are not alone. There are pockets of resistance all around the planet. We are at the brink. You have no idea how important you are. If you're listening to this, you are the resistance. Everybody, Steve with Sons Fidel. I'm coming at you with Kennedy Hall, the Fatima Center. Kenny, good morning. And if you're anybody else, good morning wherever, whenever you are. Good afternoon, good night, good evening, wherever. Kennedy, welcome. How you doing, bud? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Thank you. So the idea came in mind that we've been talking for a while. By the way, great to finally meet you. I'm sorry to say that off camera. Yes. Zoom, Zoom meet. Uh, yeah. But I did a, we did a thing on the Great Reset the other day. Uh, what the heck we do yesterday? Oh yeah, the vaccine thing with Father Rip, and then I had this idea that Kennedy is big in the Fatima Center, or works at the Fatima Center. Why not bring him on? Because I've had a couple people ask me about 2029, 2030, the connection, our lady good success. He's been talking about that quite a bit on some of his shows. What is the connection for the little trilogy of, I want to say the end of the world stuff, but the craziness that's going on, how is this connected in a spiritual sense? So, sure. Um, well, I, I, I always say uh, Our Lady of Fatima is like the insurance policy on Our Lady of Success and La Salette because they all deal with like apocalyptic sort of things. But in, in full fairness to them, they're not apocalyptic in that the word will end. They're talking about great chastisements that will befall the human race before there is some sort of restoration or triumph, which are conditional on certain things. Mm -hmm. So if you go back to Our Lady of Good Success, for those who don't know, um, that was a series of apparitions that happened from the late 1500s to about 1634 or so, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Mother Mariana, who was, um, she was Spanish, I believe, and then sent to Ecuador. Um, that was in the sort of glory age of the Spanish exploration of the new world, so-called. And um, there was an order of nuns that she joined and she received, actually, as young as in about uh, seven or eight years old, she actually received a visit from our blessed Lord um, and was uh, received a Holy Communion sooner than was normal. Was an, She was basically a mystic from day one. She had ecstasy and all this amazing stuff. She was very much uh, marked from an early age that she was going to be a holy, holy saint. It's actually kind of a shame she's not canonized yet because her body remains incorrupt. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, about half a dozen other nuns there with her and corrupt to this day. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> Vox Catholica, yeah, the whole room. Um, Vox Catholica, uh, Father Adam Purdy, I think his name is. Anyway, there's a YouTube channel. He has a great series on Our Lady of Good Success, and it's really high quality. It's uh, five or six different conferences, like lectures that were filmed. And um, there's actually been a happy revival down there in Quito, Ecuador for the actual Franciscans who are charged with taking care of the statue, which we'll talk about in a sec. Um, and then, and they, and they uh, have, they've encouraged them to recapture their Franciscan tradition of, of honoring this. So um, the Our Lady of Good Success known for a lot of things. We can't go over all of it, but one of the things is a miraculous statue. Now um, 
I might mess up the Saints here, so I won't say their names in case I get it wrong. But there's a. it's said that basically this saint was uh, – Our Lady appeared and wanted a statue made. And uh, various angels and saints actually helped to finish this statue. It's quite a beautiful statue. And the name of Our Lady of Good Success is um, Nuestra Señora de la Purificación. The, um, so uh, basically it's Our Lady of the Good Event of the Purification. Mm-hmm. In English it's called Good Success. It's Nuestra Señora del Buen Suceso de la Purificación. Um, doesn't really translate as well into English. Doesn't have anything to do with success, like winning the lottery. Um, but it's uh, it basically means a good event of the purification. So February second is, is is an important day for that. Anyway, so over time, Our Lady appeared to Mother Mariana, gave a series of uh, apparitions, the most famous of which are about the Freemasons, mm-hmm. um, and that sort of leads us to Our Lady of Fatima, when we have. Uh, you know, Our Lady of Good Success, she predicted things that, I mean, we trust her because she's Our Lady, and obviously she knows things we don't. But just from a natural perspective, this happened in the early 1600s. Uh, the Masons were not a thing until the 1700s, 1717. And Our Lady was talking about specifically Ecuador, but then in the later apparitions, the whole world, mm-hmm. of the Masons having huge positions in power. So uh, government, she talked about them being holding the highest court in the land and, and changing marriage and all this kind of stuff. It's exactly what happened in the U.S. No-fault divorce and contraception come in when I think it was eight out of nine were Freemasons or something like that on the court, some high number. So there's just amazing um, consistency. And then Our Lady of Fatima, 1917, um, the unholy, you know, the 17s, right? 1517, 1717, 1917. Anyway, um, something big must happen, 2117, if we make it there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's a big if right now. But... Um, so that was uh, the Freemasonic Revolution, which we call communism. You know, Freemasons were behind all that. And that was happening. And Our Lady came to Fatima. People know that story. So that's sort of the Coles notes of how they're all related. So everybody was, well, first off, going back to Our Lady of uh, Good Success. Again, don't want to criticize me for saying success. You just know what it is. Uh, one of the prophecies was basically like, uh, you won't find mass going on or the churches be closed right was that one? oh yeah the, well the, the, let me just just check because i have i don't want to give any i don't want to uh, i want to make sure that i do it properly um she does talk about a major time of persecution in the church she does talk about um uh let me see here she does talk about the sacraments like basic things being corrupted within the church, but I'm not sure if she actually says there will be no mass. Um, let me just, one sec, I'll do a control F search here. Let me think, whoops, mass. So if I do a control F, I don't find anything, and this is all her apparitions I have here. I don't have that there. Um, but I do know that it does talk about the priests will lose their zeal. Okay, um, in the way that they offer things, and there will be uh, sort of a sloppiness to how priests will carry out their functions. Uh, so that seems to, you know, sort of work perfectly with what's happened in the last 50, 60 years. Um, but it doesn't. Yes, yeah, it doesn't seem like there's, you know, I know in um, is it La Salette where they talk about um, sort of thing like mass actually stopping or an eclipse of the church. I think that's La Salette. Um, I think sometimes people confuse some of the various apparitions with each other. Um, but she does talk about uh, sloppiness in the clergy and so forth. 
Yeah, one of the priests did a sermon and talked about that being, uh, he didn't, it wasn't mass being, but it was, they'd be at the subject of the uh, rulers or, or something yes. like that. Yeah. Here's one here, okay? It says, the devil will try to persecute the ministers of the Lord in every way possible. He will labor, labor with cruel and subtle astuteness to deviate them from the spirit of their vocation and will corrupt many of them. So there you go. These depraved priests who will scandalize the Christian people will make the hatred of bad cath will make the hatred of bad catholics and the enemies of the roman catholic and apostolic church fall upon all priests this apparent triumph of satan apparent triumph remember that um, will bring enormous suffering to the good pastors of the church in this supreme moment of need of the church the one who should speak will fall silent so yeah. That seems to be what people allude to. Good priests will be, I mean, Father Altman's, <laughs> they're gonna be, they're gonna have problems. And, you know, here in Canada, Father or Cardinal Collins, mm -hmm. such an enigma. He just did a really great letter to a school board that was basically saying, don't use the catechism or trustees. And it was great. I mean, I was, I was very edified as a Canadian Catholic. I thought, great, a, a prince of the church is doing something good. And then uh, yesterday I see an article from LifeSite and he's threatening to close down parishes that do communion on the tongue. So it's like, you, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. So that sort of seems to be part of the uh, Our Lady of uh, Good Success apparition prophecy oh, yeah. as well. Oh yeah, oh wait. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, it was tough. Yeah, and in uh, times like this, we should have the pre, as well, Vigano wrote that letter to uh, Trump about the reset. And I keep bringing it up. I saw a bunch of secular guys who aren't fans of us jacked mm. that a cardinal of the church wrote a letter like this to Trump, mm -hmm. who they don't like either. So they were just jacked that someone was going after the reset. And he's no. the only one that I've talked uh, that I've seen that's actually mentioned it, talked about it, was even fighting with well, some priests, including the Holy Father, unfortunately, is collaborating or on board or pushing for it. I know they, they build back better. There was a tweet from, I mean, Pope Francis doesn't actually do his Twitter, let's be honest. Um, but uh, but nonetheless, from his account, I'm sure, you know, listen, I want to give the Holy Father the benefit of the doubt. Like, he's our father. So obviously, like, when your dad's a drunk, you don't want to believe it, okay? Like, you want to be nice to him. You want to cover up his nakedness, like in the Old Testament. Like, I love the Holy Father. I pray for him every day. Uh, but the facts are what they are. And the, his Twitter account, whether he does it himself or whether somebody else who's listening to him and tweeting verbatim or just taking it from his Angelus ad addresses, whatever it is, the point is, is that it's Pope Francis's ideas that are on there. Yeah, the buck stops and, here. Um, exactly. Yeah. And um, anyway, so he said he wants to build back better. Joe Biden saying that, president-elect of North America-elect, president-elect. Um, Throw a and, dart at whoever you want to. They all say it. Exactly. And uh, Justin Trudeau. My, yeah, your uh, boy, your boy Trudeau. Yeah. Fidel Castro's son. Kenny, but, um, Kenny Hall is the president of the Justin Trudeau fan club. By the way, if anybody wants. To I know am him. Justin. <laughs> me and Justin Bieber on the board of directors together. <laughs> so. But yeah, it's bad. Staring it into Fatima, everyone. I remember back in 2017, there was oh, something big's going to happen this year. Something we, we it could be the over and blah blah blah. Nothing happened. It was just a hundred years of the original uh, vision. Why is everyone focused on that and not what happened in 1929? A lot of people don't know um, because well, two things. One, 1917 is obviously a big year, so. 
just from an, um, a perspective of, um, you know, like in the church, we have great days that we commemorate for significance. A centenary of any amazing year is a big deal. So 1917 for the message of fat and all that was a big deal. There was an interesting thing that did happen in 1917. Um, the certain computer that was found uh, with certain uh, globalist uh, politicians, you know, the Bidens, whatever, the emails that have been unraveling some of that. And I'm listen, I'm not trying to give Trump more or less than he's due. I'm just saying that those emails are a pretty big deal. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people are, I saw a poll the other day and a lot of people never knew about that stuff. And they said if they had, they wouldn't have voted for Biden. Like the point is, is it's, it's one thing for us to always know that the globalists are evil. We know this. If you can walk and chew gum and you don't watch CNN, you know that the globalists are a bunch of morons. Okay. They're, they're evil men. But it's another thing to like get them red-handed in something. Mm-hmm. And those emails were a pretty big deal. And that was on May 13th, 2017, which is their dated to, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. I mean, that's the at the, the anniversary of, um, that's the anniversary of uh, the first apparition. So maybe there's a divine hand there, which is kind of cool. Yeah, you got a one However, in 365 chances in, in a year. And then, oh, yeah. And then every year. So yeah, it's a coincidence maybe, but uh, you know, you knows. <laughs> and 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 there's a and there has been a Fatima theme in the White House the last few years. Right, uh, there's right. There's a staff related Fatima there. I mean, there's just things that are worth praying about. You know, like right. let's have a little bit of hope. I mean, hey, God uses a jackass to, to prophesy. Sometimes, you know, he can literally he can use Donald Trump. So anyway, <laughs> um, so if you don't um, know what he's talking about, crack your Bible open. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, well, he uses an actual donkey to talk in the Old Testament, right? Uh, so. Um, in any case, but t- 1929 uh-huh. was the year, and it was at Tui, and that was when Our Lady um, actually appeared to Sister Lucia and told her to do the specific consecration in a specific way. Um, so this was on June 13th, so another 13th, right? May 13th, June 13th, August, you know, on 1929, when our sister, Sister Lucia lived in Tui, which is in Spain, so she wasn't in Portugal. And Our Lady requested the consecration of Russia with the following words. And these were written down by Sister Lucia. And you can find the best books to read about uh, Fatima. Um, they're written by Frère Michel, Brother Michel. He was um, Brother Michael, I guess. He wrote these things um, oh, 40 years ago or earlier, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, they're just like, they're thick as phone books. Everything you could possibly ever imagine. Everyone at the Fatima Center, like all the apologists and stuff for if you want to know the truth, everything's in there. Like if a, if a if a bishop consecrates his diocese to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, then there's the prayers from the original language in there. They have everything. So he said, uh, "This is what Our Lady's Our Our Lady said to Sister Lucia. She said, the moment has come in which God asks the Holy Father to make and to order that in union with Him and at the same time, that's important, all the bishops of the world make the consecration of Russia to my Immaculate Heart. So." This is important. There's a specific formula. All the bishops, um, uh, and at the same time. So we have an article on the Fatima Center website. Um, if everyone goes to Fatima.org, it's pretty simple. You just there's a uh, Fatima in depth is like right at the top. You go open that tab. There's a bunch of stuff there. Uh, it talks about the facts, the message, the requests, the consecration of Russia. You can find it all there. Um, and so. Father Gregory Hess, which some people might know of sort of YouTube infamy, not everything he says is perfect, but he did, he, he was one of those guys saying things before a lot of guys were saying things. And he has an article from an old crusader issue. And he talks about like, how could that consecration take place? And he goes over a few, um, 
uh, a few steps on how that could take place. Uh, essentially, um, the, all the bishops, it has to be, um, doesn't have to be auxiliaries because there's a mention somewhere, uh, Sister Lucia says like, um, they'll have to go into their cathedrals. Well, only bishops who are, uh, have a diocese have a cathedral. So if you're an auxiliary, you don't, you could come celebrate, I guess, in the new way, but you don't have to do it because you don't, or a retired bishop, you just titular, you don't actually have a cathedral. So all the bishops with the diocese would have to do exactly what the Pope said. Um, and they'd have to do it on the same day. I guess they could make it the same exact moment with the time zones and things. But the point is, like, if it's going to be June 8th, every bishop does it on June 8th. And um, they'd have to do the same prayers. And the way that the Holy Father could ensure that all the bishops do it, even if they choose not to, is he could make, because he has the authority to do this, he could make a proviso that anyone who does not join us on that day de facto excommunicates themselves or, or something like that. So therefore, by not doing it, they're no longer a bishop with the diocese. So there was sort of the, that's the way the father has did it. And that's the only way it could uh, possibly happen. And they have to mention Russia specifically because she said Russia. Yeah. And one of the books, one of the videos that caught me a long time ago, about eight years ago, was John Siles' video on uh, uh, how seven popes failed to consecrate uh, Russia. Know. And it goes all the way back to Pius the 11th and 12th of yep. consecrating the world and things of that getting a little... I think especially with Pius XII, they got a little, uh, what was the, she gave some graces because of that. It wasn't totally nothing, but you got something out of it. You didn't get the award for first place, but you didn't go home with nothing, right? Right, yeah. And um, the Portuguese bishops actually did a specific consecration of their country. And they did this in, uh, well, anyway, a little, little history background for what was going on in the Iberian Peninsula, so Spain and Portugal you had in their late 1920s, early 1930s, you had crazy socialist revolution. Um, the Republicanos in Spain, they weren't like the Republicans in America. Um, they were Marxists. I mean, I mean, you can make, probably make some arguments that some of the GOP are kind of Marxists, but um, they were full Marxists, like, you know, no secrets about it. And there were three years there in Spain where it was terrible, absolutely terrible for Catholics, like priests being burned alive in their churches, just terrible stuff. Franco came in and did saved a lot of that, which was was a nice period for Spain. But in any case, um, Portugal, they were experiencing because here's the thing: Our Lady turned showed up in 1917, and already at that time she was talking to the children in Fatima about how there was a bunch of corruptions of modesty and morals and and terrible things going on in Spain over 100 years ago, or in Portugal over 100 years ago. Things were already. I mean, this is there's. People blame the Second Vatican Council for everything. Listen, the problems would not have been possible at the Second Vatican Council if it was, wasn't already in the water, they were all drinking, right? It was already there. This is why Pope Pius X is the hammer of modernism in 1910. You know, you, it's already happening. You don't put a syllabus of errors together, there's not a lot of errors going on. Exactly. I mean, I was reading, you know what, this, I won't say, I was reading a book on Christmas um, the other day from a priest um, mid-1800s, and I'm reading this and I'm going, like my, maybe I'm a little too sensitive, but a little bit of my modernism meter was going off the way that he was talking about uh, the creation stuff. And I remember, I think this sounds a little Darwin-y, like honestly, and that was the 1850s, right? And this, you know, so it was already around. So um, in any case, um, Portugal, right, is, 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 was having problems like everybody else. 
And the Freemasons were in charge of a lot of the country. The Freemason, or the mayor of the uh, of the area of Fatima, was a Freemason. The major newspaper was run by Freemasons. It was, it was bad. When Freemasons are in charge. It's bad news. And um, but Portugal and their bishops, and I I might get the date wrong here, but anyway, it's early 1930s, and they actually consecrated their country specifically to the Immaculate Domain. All of the bishops did it, like every single one they did it to the letter. Portugal had like a miraculous political and religious revival in their country. Um, uh, obviously, our leftist history professors love to talk about Franco and Salazar as if they're just evil men, but they really did institute, especially in Spain, um, like a true corporatism in the traditional sense of Catholic social teaching. It was like the best place to be for Catholics. They avoided the Second World War. They avoided the Great Depression. They avoided all these things. And their bishops are on record saying this was because we did the consecration. So even just one country doing it was a big deal. But Our Lady asked for it to be done to Russia. And this is how the world, this is how consecrations work. When you're baptized, you're consecrated to God. Mm -hmm. This is why they don't say, you know, when Steve, little baby Steve is baptized, they don't say, we baptize all babies in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Ghost. They say, we baptize, you know, Steve, whatever middle name, Cunningham. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Um, literally, it doesn't work. You have to say the name of the child um, or at least, you know, see you, right? Mm -hmm. And then um, uh, same thing with the consecration. You know, Father, will you bless my family? I bless all families. No, it's like, no, Father, bless my family. That's why it happened. So it hasn't been done. The world's been done. Pius XII did, did Russia, but in a written form and not in conjunction with all the bishops. A lot of the state of Acantists like to say that the consecration already took place. Relax, say this. Um, and John Paul II did the world a couple times, but never Russia. Yeah, and I know this is controversial, but it's got to be talked about. Plus, isn't there something about the French Revolution that uh, kind of gets into this? Yes, um, I'm not as much of a well-versed on this, but I know that um, the request was to have France consecrated to the Sacred Heart mm -hmm. of Christ. And basically to the day, like pretty much around the day, that's when the French Revolution, 100 years after that didn't take place, that's when the French Revolution really had its peak. And that's when um, the king, I, I honestly can't, one of the Louis, there's like 20 of them. I can't yeah, remember yeah, which he, one. He was in jail and consecrated, but it was too late. He tried to, yeah. it was too late. And that was over 100 years. So Tui uh, in Spain, where Our Lady appeared to Sister Lucia, given the specific uh, instructions for how to consecrate, because we must not confuse these things, because in 1917, uh, Our Lady spoke about consecrating Russia. She spoke about devotion to the Immaculate Heart, all those things. But it wasn't actually specified how to do it. That happened in 1929. So 100 years from then, we have eight years left. Eight and a half years left. And was June there... 13th. Wasn't there, uh, then our Lord appear again and say, tell their Lucia that the, the popes are following the line of the kings of France? Mm, kind of like a know, warning, probably. said they're following their footsteps if they don't get this done. Oh, yes. Yeah, there was. Yeah, yeah there was lots. And Sister Lucia said more than once. I mean, people will say, oh, she said the consecration took place. She never said that. Um, Sister Lucia is, you know, one of those people who's taken out of context a lot, which is the case. Um, she just, she did, she said, um, she basically asked and she said no. And you don't have to, um, well, here it is. In 1957, Sister Lucia speaking to Father Fuentes, um, she said, many times the Blessed Virgin told me and my cousins, Jacinta and Francisco, that Russia is the instrument of chastisement chosen by heaven 
to punish the world for its sins if we do not beforehand obtain the conversion of that poor nation. Again, Russia has to be consecrated specifically. Um, and it hadn't been done. And that's 1957. So clearly, you know, it hadn't been done in the worldly sense by then. Um, and, um, but um, as far as, as uh, our Lord appearing, I mean, there's been many instances and we don't have to know you don't. I love all. Listen, the Fourth Secret of Fatima by Antonio Sochi. That's a good book. The Fatima Center has great. Uh, the Secret Still Silenced. I recommend it everyone. I, either silenced or hidden. Go. It's on YouTube. It's free. It's great. Um, but you know what? You don't have to even do an in-depth study, because Our Lady promised that Russia would convert, uh-huh. and that there'd be world peace. Russia ain't Catholic, and there's no peace. That's the kicker. You I get. I go, guys. It's I actually ended a relationship on that topic once. <laughs> I'm sitting at wow. the house and the, the girl's mom asks, uh, or watching Fox News and says something to the point of, uh, man, it's such, it's so, such bad, it's so bad out there. It's just terrible. And I'm having a beer and I go, what do you expect until Russia gets consecrated and the record stops? <laughs> I, going, guys, there's wars all over the place. If this is peace, our lady lied. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Spirit, can you repeat that for the last, like, 30 seconds? Now, just tell everybody, whenever I talk about Fatima, the devil always ruins my internet. That just the other day, me and Mike from RTF, we did a show on the Fatima movie. Uh-huh. And I kid you not, our internet and our whole neighborhood was just gone when I started talking about some nitty-gritty about certain things. Can you repeat the last 30 seconds of what you said? You said I, you said you ended a relationship in Fox News and you cut out. Yeah, they uh, she ended up with me because our, our, uh, the the mom was watching Fox News and they were talking about all the stuff going on, problems. She goes, man, it's so bad out there. She says, it's terrible. The world is going to hell in a handbasket. And I'm just ah. sipping her beer going, well, nothing's going to get better until we consecrate Russia. But I didn't think that was a controversial thing. I'm a kind of a newbie getting back in. And I just remember seeing this and reading up on things going, well, two and two equals four here. I mean, if mm-hmm. she said peace... And there's five wars going on right now. Uh, call me crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I've, I've had this, I mean, I haven't, I mean, when you go traditional, sometimes you do lose friendships, unfortunately. <laughs> um, it's funny, eh? You know, okay, this, but my personal experience, folks in my life, because we, we, we started practicing the faith. I mean, I'm 32. I started practicing the faith when I was 26, like intensely. So it's been like six years. Okay. Before that, I was just a dude. And, um, so we were in the Novus Ordo world for you know three years or so, three and then we kind of discovered tradition and found our way, and then now we're there. But um, so we made some really great friends, which we're still friends with, and it's in the conservative Novus Ordo world. Like I, I I'm not going to judge anybody. I mean, they're trying to. We're all in the you know devastated vineyard after the Second Vatican Council, and we're just trying to do our best. So everyone's going to get where they're going to get on their own time. Right. Right. So, so but we you know we've been trying to maintain friendships and stuff and. Uh, unfortunately, here's the thing, man. Uh, JP2, I understand he's really important to a lot of people. And I, I don't like talking about him in any way in particular. Okay. Mm-hmm. I always say about the popes, like, um, you know, they're, they're, they're sitting in the chair of St. Peter. St. Peter was the man who denied our Lord three times and did a terrible thing. And he was also St. Peter who died as a martyr. I mean, both are possible. So whatever good there is, you take the good and you, and you disregard the bad. So with JP2, um unfortunately you know we just saw the mccarrick report is obviously kind of a a sham in some ways but nonetheless a lot of blame was placed on everyone besides pope francis 
one of those men being John Paul II. So some people are sort of having a little bit of a red pill on JP2, and I know it's very uncomfortable. I'm not here to add salt to the wound. That's not my thing. However, the consecration under him did not take place. Yeah. And and he's very important to a lot of people. And sometimes people don't want to hear that because they think you're just attacking JP2 or whatever. It's, listen, we have a video of Father Amorth at the Fatima Center. And um, one of my friends there, one of the film guys, he's interviewed him a bunch of times. Father Amorth says, and he was there in 1984, and he says, find, and that's when they tried to do the consecration. He says, find local Italian terrestrial television feed, if you can. And we've tried. It's really hard. Um, they're there filming near the Pope. And he's like, get a lip reader. Because he says, I swear on my life, he was standing about 10, 15 feet away from the Pope, Father Amorth was. And he says, John Paul II looks back at the Cardinals, one of whom was, uh, I think Daniels was there. And he says, can I say Russia? And they say no. And 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 Father Amorth is like, I know he asked it. He's not, he's, like, I'm not, he's an exorcist. He knows hell is very real. He's not going to lie about it. And um, and he just says he didn't. John Paul II, for whatever his goodness is, whatever his faults were, there was a there was a contingency at the Vatican that did not want it to happen. Mm -hmm. And John Paul II was in the midst of that. And um, uh, has there been a revival in Russia of Christian sentiment? Yeah, that's a good thing. I mean, I'm I'm a little bit more soft than the Orthodox and a lot of my fellow traditionalists. You know, like I just, you know, I, I kind of take the Charles Coulomb view. Anyone can look up what he thinks. Um, but nonetheless, it's not Catholicism. And there is a huge anti-Catholic feeling amongst a lot of Orthodox. So it can't be that that's what Our Lady wanted, that they, you know, I mean, the Patriarch of Moscow is on record of saying something like, you know, Catholics aren't even Christians. I mean, that's a little much. Um, so it's not that. And clearly there is no peace. So whatever you think about JP2, he didn't consecrate Russia because Our Lady's not a liar and the prophecies weren't a hoax. It's It seems that, all right, well, that, that was 1982, right? 84, I think. 84. And then after that, he tried doing the world again. Yeah. Right? And, so, and then the Assisi things, and I'm not trying to get into what happened at Assisi, but it yeah, seems yeah. like he knew about the, the consecration part, wanted to get it done. They wouldn't let him, but he was mm -hmm. trying anything he could possibly do to at least, I don't know. Do something. Do something, yeah. Is that yeah. kind of yeah, like the was, feeling? Jordan 2 was tormented. I mean, like all the popes have been tormented. You know, you read about interviews or meetings with Pius or Paul the sixth. He was tormented. I mean, like literally, I mean, you look at his face. He looks like he's always in pain, like in internal pain. It's been, uh, it's been a terrible 50, 60 years. <laughs> There's no dips, ends or but about it. And the popes um, for better, or for worse have been in the midst of it. So they need our prayers. And just in case people are wondering about the peace time. So after the consecration, I looked this up, it was a quick search. I had to go halfway down the page to get mm -hmm. to uh, the 1980s. And there's, yeah. uh, let's see, the Falklands War, South uh, Yemen coup, Ch uh, Chadian Libyan War, they, Nambia versus South America, Sino Vietnamese War, Iran versus Iraq. We're still in the 80s. South African government, African National Congress, Western Sharia Sahara War, Romanian Revolution, Panama coup and U.S. invasion. Sri Lanka government versus JVP, Le Lebanese Civil War. They put their mm -hmm. the casualties to the right. Nicaragua go government yeah. versus Contras, mm -hmm. Ethiopia, Ethiopian government versus EPRDF, 
El Salvador versus some gorillas. First Gulf War. Hell, we, we wake up, we just got to the 90s. <laughs> so, and there's one, two, three, four, five, 20 more in the 90s. Then we get to the 2000s. There's uh, 20 more there. Uh, we're in the mm-hmm. teens. There's it doubled. <laughs> so, um, I asked a couple of people that wrote uh, like books on communism going off to- off the camera. Where do you fall on the consecration? Like, oh, we believe it. Yeah, I believe it happened. Like, Wait a minute. You're seeing global communism being enacted right now. Uh, what? Mm-hmm. How do you square that with Russia will spread its errors if the consecration happens? And abortion. Like, I mean, like talk about one of the prophecies is nations will be annihilated. I mean, um, nations are annihilated. Na- nations means, I mean, there's two ways to interpret it. It could be that like, and it already has happened because there were borders redrawn mm-hmm. um, after the Second World War. And during like nations were annihilated. There was no Poland for a while. There was no Slo- Slovenia. There was Yugoslavia. I mean, there was there literally were nations that were no longer nations. It happened in Ethiopia, um, you know, uh, various places. So that has already happened. But also just on a not some on a, on a more abstract sense, you know, abortion. Literally, nations of people have been annihilated. Oh yeah. So, yeah. I mean, all those things came true, and they haven't stopped. I mean, if if there is a if there is abortion going on in the world, there is no such thing as peace. Like it's not even it's not even a question. People that will and, and I want people like, you know, conservative leaning Catholics, listen, when people come out like, you know, the folks the Fatima Center, the Rad Trads and whatever, and we come out and say the consecration's not done, it's not because we're trying to like poke at something. We're trying to get it done. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. we want it to be done because we really like our lady and we want her message to be fulfilled because that's good for everybody. Well, just like, you know, as we just said with JP2, trying to do anything, what you're trying to do is try to do anything you can you, yeah. to get it done. You see what happened this in the past summer was, you know, BLM terrorizing and burning down cities, destroying things. Was that peace? Yes, it was peace. <laughs> Uh, it's, At least it wasn't coronavirus, because the coronavirus is the only evil left on Earth. Uh, yeah, again, <laughs> how's that piece? You've seen, I, 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 I can't, it's hard to talk to somebody and then they ask them, well, if we can, if we could just get this done. And they say, well, it was done. I know. We well, had conversation, we had friends, we were talking about this stuff. And, and I mentioned, and this is the thing too, a lot of people have a devotion to Our Lady of Fatima in the same way they have a devotion to any apparition Mm -hmm. they just don't really look into it like for me our lady of guadalupe is very important personally in my life for my conversion so like you know i have images of guadalupe around my house it means a lot there's one maybe you guys can barely see it over my head that just for me that's just kind of like you know that it gives me those warm feels when i'm saying you know like that sort of thing Mm -hmm. um so our lady of fatima is like that for a lot of people but they don't look into the rest of it so they just like the, the recent fatima movie that came out you know, good, bad, whatever you think of it. The point is, is that it was just about 1917. Uh-huh. That's a big deal. Miracle of the sun. That's a big deal. Um, pray the rosary every day. That's a big deal. Those things are important. So people have that, um, but then they don't look into the rest. So they just, like all good Catholics, they want to give benefit of the doubt to the Holy Father, which is what you should do. That's uh-huh. Thomas Aquinas. We give benefit of the doubt to our brother. We don't go to rash judgment. I get it. But there's more to the story. And, and that's just the uncomfortable truth. Right. At least I'm not trying to, you know, tell everybody's petition wrong, please. I'm not asking for that. Uh, I, I, I am not a big petition fan. 
Yeah, hook up with the Phantom of Sutter. See what you can do with them. Pray more. Mm-hmm. What are some ideas besides studying and learning and maybe having an, I don't want to say the open mind idea, but if you look outside and see it's raining, you can't say it's sunny. <laughs> so how can we get the reality to be put into some of the Catholics out there? To, to add, you mean for a, a stronger look at Fatima and to actually get the consecrations that we mean? Right. And, and just get more serious about it, like the first Saturdays and not just yes. to stop well, after five, but to keep going for other people. Well, that'd be first. First, that's the first Saturdays would be huge um, because that's not a conditional devotion. Like uh, even if, you know, uh, whether you think that the um, consecration has been done or not, you know, um, sins against the Immaculate Heart still take place. You know, blasphemes against the name of Our Lady still take place, so that is important. Do the do the first Saturday devotion, um, and for people that don't know, it's first five Saturdays. It's um, you know what when you have like I know for us it's really tough for us to get all first Saturdays and first Fridays because there's always like for first Fridays especially it's nine months to do it to get the promises. That's the that's the, the Sacred Heart. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got a four year old, a five year old, a four year old, an almost three year old, and a one and a half year old. All, in nine months, someone's going to have stomach flu on a Friday, right? So for all of us to get to Mass, like, it's really hard. But only five of them on a Saturday morning versus a Friday night Mass. I mean, it's a little bit easier, right? So maybe that's, like, the way to get to – and the promises for salvation are are epic as far as that. Um, so first Saturdays is great. And, you know, we see with the Portugal example that one country did it, and there was a massive Catholic renewal in that country. So let's just take that down to a micro level. Consecrate your family to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Um, you have the enthronement of the image of the Sacred Heart in your house. You know, exalt and and have your house, have your home consecrate. Find a Catholic priest. There's prayers. Find them for a Catholic priest to consecrate your home and your family to the to the, the, the Immaculate Heart. Vatimer Center has booklets on that. Exactly, and then and then just maybe even just I mean, depending on where you are, maybe get your can I, can a parish priest consecrate their parish? Probably right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. consecrate your parish to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. I know if you've um, done that. Yeah, do it. You know, uh, consecrate your apostolate to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Consecrate everything you can. I don't know. Can you consecrate your car? Consecrate your car to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. It's not going to hurt. Just thinking, act locally and think locally, boys and girls. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's subsidiarity. It's, I'm a Chestertonian. You know? um, so, and then maybe your bishop. I mean, some some places have good bishops. Great. If you've got a good bishop, and you'll be surprised. Um, at the end of the day, I mean... Listen, there's problems. We all know this. We don't have to go over the litany of them. But bishops are still bishops. The office the office itself has a certain power to it. And you'd be surprised. I mean, there are bishops out there where they say the wackiest things, but then all of a sudden they'll bring in like the best traditional order and they'll thrive somehow in their diocese. It makes no sense. Uh, but the bishops are still bishops and you pray for them and you fast for them and do penance and bring things to them and you'd be surprised what they'll say. And that's a, pretty much why we've been doing these videos is try to get, I know priests have been watching. I've already been contacted by a few that have said they watched the vaccine one or the Great Reset mm-hmm. one. And basically to get, plant seeds in their heads that maybe they can start going to the bishop because they're going to, the bishop's mm-hmm. going to take it more from the priest than they are going to go from Joe Blow here mm-hmm. to go up, hey, your excellency, please, whatever. And, and not to to think that most bishops thumb their nose at us, but it carries a weight to have a collar on. So when we get the priest to oh, yeah. talk to the general, then <laughs> get the general on board, we could really change some things. Um, yeah. yeah. And a, a lot of 
a lot of bishops do thumb their nose at the Fatima Center. <laughs> That's happened before. Father Gruner was a controversial figure. I get it. You know, he was like a lot of people saying things, crying out in the wilderness. He ticked a lot of people off, and that's kind of what happens when you try to do things. And I get it, but but um, there are some that are warm to the Fatima Center. I mean, um, some bishops will allow their priests. Actually, the bishop in uh, St. Catharines near me, um, that's where the Fatima Center is located. They actually allow some one of their parish priests like to work with us, be on film. It's no secret. He's amenable to the cause, you know. He doesn't want to have his name on it. We wouldn't like. We never mention Bishop So and So because he's. But he's totally fine with it. Um, other places allow the Fatima Center to come in, so you never know. Right. And full disclosure, guys, I've been using the Fatima Center for evangelization ways for shoot over five years, maybe. They uh, they have uh, booklets. Have you seen the Our Lady uh, Sorrows booklets? That comes from them. Everything. The Brown Scapler uh, booklet comes from them. The devotion and enthronement of the Sacred Heart comes from them. You call them up and ask for a bunch of booklets, give them a donation. They'll send you a ton of rosaries and scaplers and things to give away so you can hate on them but I have never met a group to give me a daggum 10 pound box of sacramentals just for calling them up yep. and saying hi so and because um I bit like it's in Canada that's where it's based and um we do have an American distribution center I think but nonetheless everything that you get is already blessed like so we have like we'll bring in father so-and-so in the diocese um and he'll just come in and it's like there's literally pallets full of boxes of plastic rosaries and he just takes up the Roman ritual and blesses all the rosaries right there at that time. So it's kind of nice. Like you get miraculous medals and things like that. And they've already been blessed. Awesome. awesome. So, I did not know that part. I've well, Kenny, I appreciate your time, man. Uh, where can they find your work? You got a couple books out there. You want to plug them? Sure. Uh, family be damned. is my most recent book. It's, um, it's catchy too. It's, it's an eye opener. It is, yeah. <laughs> it's a, yeah. It's a, it's a play on words. I mean, kind of like family be damned. Who cares? Because that's how our culture views the family, and also it follows devils as they seek to damn a family during the lockdown. So it does have a really awesome ending, and it's hopeful. So I don't want to. It's not like oh, there's another depressing book. No, I, I think it's actually kind of funny. It's got like a dark humor to it. So check it out. It's available on Amazon. And then Terror of Demons: Reclaiming Traditional Catholic Masculinity is my first book that I put out in May. Both of these were put out with the help of Tim Flanders at Meaning a Catholic. And um, that's a book basically for men on how to recapture the traditions of our fathers and the faith, about how to be a real man, using the Bible, using tradition, using the works of the saints, and using common sense about how to, to enact these things in our life. Uh, both have been very well received. Uh, if you go to kennedyhall.ca, um, just kennedyhall.ca, that's my, my name here on the on the call, the, there's how to spell it. Both books are right there on the front page. It'll link you to Amazon, or you can just go to Amazon, whatever's easiest. And I work for the Fatima Center, and we have videos coming out every week. Um, today is, what is today? Today is Thursday. So on Saturday, I have a video coming out about St. Joseph and Christmas. That'll be at uh, the Fatima YouTube channel. That'll work. I appreciate it. I have those linked below in the show notes, which I noticed that people are confused with what the show notes are. If you go underneath the video and you see this thing, it shows show more. Click show more. <laughs> Big drop-down box. The show notes will be there with all these links, etc. So, check that out. And then obviously, Father Ripper's uh, video on the uh, on vaccines. Uh, you got to click the show yes. notes to show more to go to BitChute, Odyssey, Library, etc. Rumble to check it out because it's yes, it might not be too spicy. You think for YouTube, but you ain't YouTube. You never know. Yeah, <laughs> so, you never know. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it.
Thank you. Have a good day.